Hello and welcome to episode 278 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett, Alex Jones and Jack Harper. I say as always, no Alex or Jack last week, but we do have them back this week. Uh, before I forget, if you head over to spit, youtube.com slash spitballingpod, check out the interview that I did that dropped last Friday. Run the number. Run the numbers up on that. I'd be uh, very appreciative. News of the week to come. We've got the return of I Can't Believe That Was On TV. We'll talk about the World Cup draw, Champions League, and we'll see where we go from there. How is everyone doing today? Not too bad as far as Monday's go. Yeah, not as bad considering the weekend. Could have been worse. I actually forgot what happened. I was about to quite seriously ask, like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing that serious. Yeah, you don't need to be too worried, I'm sure. Anyway, we'll start with news of the week. Pink Floyd, a fugitive flamingo on the run for 17 years, has been spotted in Texas. <laughs> I want to know his crimes. What's he done? Escapes. <laughs> that was a bloody flamingo on the loose. No, they stink as well. They've got those weird backward knee things, haven't they? Like, How never... the hell do you know what a flamingo smells like? <laughs> What's the correlation between the knees and the smell as well? <laughs> it could be, it could be loads of I just remember seeing them and then walking past their enclosure whenever they go through spy party, they just absolutely stink. Oh, <laughs> stinky flamingos. He was just on the run from the smell. He had to get away from the stench. Okay, Is that what um... we now have to call habits now? The flamingo. <laughs> Don't be he's he's been balling. I reckon uh, his backward knees may help him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Would explain a lot about Werner if he was. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Rocket launchers were found in a trash can near a California school. Of course they were. How, how do you want to have a rocket launcher that expendable that you can just chuck it in a bin? <laughs> how big's the bin as well? Crumb Why are they in. readily available? Maybe, 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 maybe it was somebody who was going to go and do something with it and then had second thoughts and just thought, I'm going to leave this here and just chucked it in the bin. <laughs> oh, just in case someone else finds it. Yeah. Uh, flight attendant smashes unruly passenger over the head with coffee pot. <laughs> treat, no. treat all people that are noisy on flights like that. I mean, if and I was going to kick off, if I was going to choose anywhere to kick off, the last place to choose is a plane. Yeah, because that fear you must have, that just anxiety of knowing what's going to be waiting for, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> enough not to do it in the first place. Construction worker removed from site after being caught dropping bag of own poo off crane in Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> when you gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> I mean, I can oh. think of more discreet, discreet ways of getting rid of it than at the top of a crane and dropping it off. <laughs> Uh, scientists are to broadcast Earth's location to aliens, ignoring Stephen Hawking's warning. Ugh. Why That's... would you do this? Why would you tempt fate? Like, just watch one film ever, yeah. just any film. <laughs> it never goes well, does it? Like another race meeting another race, another species meeting another species. It's just going to be no. At absolute best. I don't, we're I don't we're going to have to play him against basketball to, for our survival. That's the absolute <laughs> best case scenario. Yeah. Like the game relies 
our entire lives rely on a game. That's the best. I case. don't know why. I don't know why you're worried. We've got Will Smith. He can literally just walk straight up to them like he does in Independence Day and just go welcome to Earth while clipping them around the face. Independence Day Two, still one of the worst films I've ever seen. Oh. Yeah, no. In fact, um, if you showed aliens Independence Day Two, they would turn around. <laughs> get off! Get me out of here. That Maybe gen- that was the whole point of the film. It is genuinely one of the only films that I've ever just switched off. Like towards I was the in the cinema. It, it was just the worst. I just can't. I can't get over it. What, what you want to watch is uh, what you want to watch is on YouTube. You've got the Everything Wrong with uh, series, and they just do everything wrong with like Independence Day or everything wrong with like Transformers Four. And they are it's, hilarious to watch. Just the whole film. It's a very, it's a very good series. I do like it. But the problem is, if they did it for Independence Day two, it'd just be the whole film. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's it. that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. But the way that they, do, <laughs> the way they do it is quite funny. And the final headline this week: man's penis turns black after he injects it with cocaine. Uh, <sighs> Jesus. How much coke do you have to have done to the point when that's like a good idea for you? <laughs> Just like what's the, what's the breaking point where that turns from a good from a bad idea to a good idea? It's a social drug as well. So is he going? Come on then, that's me first. <laughs> After me. What? We don't know. Well, to be fair, we don't know what the outcome was. I mean, well, we do know what well, we, we do, do know what the outcome was from a from an aesthetic standpoint, but we don't know. Maybe he got the sensation he was after. Maybe he's still had a good night. <laughs> how how much of a buzz have you had previously that you're chasing a buzz higher, <laughs> and you consider that to be that to be uh, how, what how you do need you... to do? How do you broach that conversation to the group chat in the morning as well? Lads, you'll never guess what I did last night. <laughs> You're going to have to try this, honestly. He's got a syringe on hand for uh, that exact scenario. There we go. There's your news of the week. Moving swiftly on. I can't believe that was on TV. Oh, good. Uh, some reality TV shows, some game shows coming out this year or are already out. One, you may have seen a tweet about this week, a reality show called Marriage or Mortgage, where a real estate agent and wedding planner (laughs) compete to get a couple to decide how to spend their savings on either a new house or a wedding. I don't understand why this is even a conversation. (laughs) There's multiple seasons. It's weird because I never really watch terrestrial TV. I think the only thing I watch is football or sport in general on terrestrial TV. And then when I randomly flick it on one day when it's like, I don't know, police interceptors during my lunch break, just because that's always a good fun to watch. And you see the adverts for the stuff that's actually on terrestrial TV now. Just sit there shocked. Like, it's supposed to be trying to win me back. This is, this this is what I'm doing. <laughs> what about an Australian reality series called Byron Bay's? Oh, I've seen, I haven't seen it, like watched it, but I've seen the advert for it. It was on... Um... I was watching uh, uh, Gogglebox the other evening with the missus, and uh, it showed a brief clip of it. And yeah. oh, this is an actual thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah. You were proposing it is like some sort of like the Bachelor thing. Did you go on and pick? I mean, so we can get that going. Think, think, <laughs> made in, think, made in Chelsea, but Byron Bay. Okay. Uh, Prime Video is casting for its new James Bond-inspired game show, 007's Road to a Million. It's a reality series marketed as a race around the world, but it will take place at historic locations scooped from seminal Bond films, meaning the Icelandic glaciers from Dying of the Day 
and Florida's Seven Mile Bridge from License to Kill are all fair game. Contestants will compete for a cash prize of one million pounds. This is I'm, straight from Alan Partridge's dictaphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit disappointed by that because if there's one thing that I don't associate, well, I, I don't associate a race around the world with James Bond. I associate getting out of like supervillain traps or like you know the where he's tied to the tied to the bed and there's a laser beam. Like I was expecting like an escape show or some Not form to catch of his like castle for that. Which yeah. is uh, making a comeback. Well, well, that one we'll just do from Russia with love. They've got to go to Russia. See how you get on, son. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stuck is an American reality series. This series follows doctors as they try to pry out objects that have invaded patients' bodies in places they should very <laughs> clearly not be stuck. Oh, dear Lord. From a high heel through the face, a bug lodged deeply inside an ear, to an arrow through the wrist. And I imagine... I know where we we're going. Can, uh, yeah, we know where that goes. Maybe in season two, a mortar shell somewhere hypothetically. Uh, you know. Hey, look, look. We don't want to spoil Sean's big TV moment. Now, come on. Well, "Marry Me Now" is an American reality romance series. Uh, eight women from Houston, Texas, who are in long-term relationships, have secretly constructed all of the elements for a surprise wedding that would culminate with a surprise public proposal to their significant other and then they have the choice whether they get married on the spot or not Jack if your <laughs> girlfriend proposed to you do you so think that's again. acceptable in is it acceptable for the woman to propose to the man in 2022 if, if your girlfriend proposed to you would I you mean, feel quite emasculated? I, yeah, it's not the fact that it's not acceptable as if I wouldn't accept it, but I would feel very, very emasculated, <laughs> yes. Um, and that won't be happening. <laughs> Hopefully. The thing is as well, you probably can't decline it in the moment for that reason. Exactly that. That's the thing. It puts it on you and it's like, right, you're just basically chopping the balls off and handing them to it. And then when everyone says... It. Oh, uh, how did you do it? Well, funny yeah. story, actually. <laughs> Unless you had, With, I mean, to kind of get around this, you just hold a Uno reverse card on you at all times. <laughs> <laughs> just have to agree. Look, you can't tell anyone you proposed to me. I'll, I'll accept it, but, you know. We're taking her name as well. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. I'm getting horrors just thinking about it. I think I think Alex has got being proposed to in him, and I also think he's got a double barrel surname in him as well. Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah, sure. I definitely, absolutely, absolutely not. And I've made that very clear <laughs> that 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 surname is going. So the, her proposing to you isn't off the table. No, that's also off the table. We'll see. Inter we'll see. Interesting. I'm not You've having my. I'm not. I, I, I control my own fate. I will not be I will not be bullied into it. Uh you say the, so. The final show, Prisoner of Love. You can see where this is going. Uh <laughs> an American Christ. reality romance TV series follows Chelsea Holmes, the self-proclaimed prison matchmaker, <laughs> as she dedicates her time to helping men and women living free lives find love with prisoners behind bars. <laughs> When you want a partner, but you also want your weekends free. <laughs> that is the niche you wanted is taken. And so you're looking for something quick. And so 
no one else is claiming themselves to be the prison matchmaker. Yeah. So you you hope that sticks in. I mean, clearly it has. She's got a uh, Discovery Channel reality show out of it. Discovery Byron Channel? That, yeah. That's the big time as well. Well, Byron Bays is on Netflix. Um, uh. So we know. And the 007 one, as I said, Prime Video. <laughs> they, they've spent, you can look it up, they've spent disgusting amounts on that Bond TV show. I'm sure. So there we go. If it just looks like a high budget amazing race, I don't know if that will have uh, defeated the point or not. Anyway, have you ever watched? That? Have you ever watched? Uh, sorry, have you ever seen? Um, I'm picturing. Have you ever watched Race Around the World? The I think it's BBC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I'm picturing that, but just with a little bit of James Bond theme, theme music thrown into it. Yeah, it's a little it. montage each one each time to show the scene that this is definitely based off <laughs> and then go from there. Yeah, yeah. Not right. exactly anything new. So the World Cup draw took place on Friday after seemingly two hours of build-up. Uh, England eventually were drawn against USA, Iran, and the winners of the playoff between Wales and Scotland or Ukraine. <clears throat> in Group B at the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Gareth Southgate, speaking to BBC Sports, said USA and Iran are teams we've not played for a while, and the third is an unknown but throws up a possible British derby. We know what they're all about. We've got to get out of the group. Our first objective is to get out of it, and then we'll build from there. We couldn't really, in famous last words, I'm sure, have hoped for a better group. You've got some interest with the possible Scotland or Wales, USA. Not a great team, but you've got a bit of a story there. It'll be a fun one to uh, have like the rivalry online. And then Iran, as far as we know, are dreadful. <laughs> Southgate probably couldn't have hoped for a better draw. No, and that's exactly it. And I think I looked at that draw and I had exactly the same thought process. It's just an enjoyable group that we shouldn't really have too many problems with. I mean, I feel kind of selfish for this, but I kind of want Ukraine to get knocked out because they're basically the whole world will support them against us. Um, but then you've also then got yeah, Scotland. It would be players. weird for us to be the bad guys, wouldn't it? That yeah, would exactly. I think most people will probably support most teams against us anyway, to yeah. be fair. That was, that that's actually what I meant. We're, we're not popular. <laughs> I mean, the home derby ones, they always get a massive build-up and they're always absolute stinkers. Yeah, we apart don't talk from, about that Scotland game. No, but maybe apart from the Wales one that we nearly lost. But Alex was watching Coldplay instead of... <laughs> no, I was watching the match as well. We were just going to get that. Then we he missed the goal on the tube. You missed it live, but caught it like moments later. Uh, wow. It's not the same, is it? No. Oh, no, it's not the same. Don't get me wrong, oh. but I didn't book tickets, so... Um... You're gonna, it's, she's gonna book tickets for the next one. You get proposed to in mid, mid game. <laughs> oh no, I, I've, I've sworn off. I've sworn off concerts. Inspiration. Never again. Halftime proposal inside the stadium. Coldplay will do that to you. On the on the jungle <laughs> I don't know how many of you have seen the kickoff times for this World Cup. They are fairly brutal. Uh, far be it for the world to just revolve around us, but it would be nice if the world did just revolve around us with these kickoff times. 
10 a.m., 1 p.m., 3 p.m., and 7 p.m. Is that a 10 a.m. beer is going to be yeah. a challenge, but a challenge I'm willing to accept. Yeah, I, so if that's not you... on a Saturday, that's fine. If you're doing it each day of the week, tough one. Yeah, I usually book a week off in December, so I'm going to try and get the first week of the group stage off instead. I can't put my holiday through at work till September. If any of you do need to know the days you want to get off, it's 21st of November, England play at 1pm on a Monday. Right. So that's really, it's really annoying because that's my missus' birthday and then the next game is on my birthday, which, which is England-USA, which is unreal. Yeah, uh, that, that Friday is surely, I mean, if you don't book that day off, I know England is the 7pm game, but I feel like you need the full build-up of that day yeah. with the four games. A Friday night, birthday night out, England versus USA, 7pm kickoff. That's what dreams are made of. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the pubs are pretty excited about it as well. So uh, yeah. get some of that money back in. 10 a.m. though. I mean, if you can work from home, it's probably a dream. Some of us don't have those privileges, unfortunately. Um, but four where games. Getting, where are you getting the 10 a.m. one from? It, I thought it was one and then seven and then seven. No, we're on about the opening. So there's four games oh, a day for the group right, stage. Got, yeah, yeah, got you. Yeah. And then after that, it's 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Right. Um, Sensational. England, if if they get out of the group, the next game will be on either a Saturday or a Sunday. If we top the group, it'll be a Saturday. Obviously, uh, we hope that's the case. And then after that, we could potentially have a 3 p.m. kickoff, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I can't wait to genuinely deliberate whether we should come top of the group or not. I'm, I'm already excited for that debate. <laughs> it's an interesting one because you, you looked at the other groups and I saw some critique for there not being a legit group of death. But I mean, you've still got some interesting groups there. There's still some fun ones, isn't there? Um, Spain and Germany ended up in the same group. So I guess that's you've got something there. I guess that's as close as you get in. You've got you Japan in that group as well, haven't you? Yeah, so that's you know that's, that's not a bad group at all, is it? That's probably the closest yeah, Japan, get. Japan always show up. Portugal, yeah, Ghana and Uruguay is mm. a yeah. decent group there. Belgium, Croatia, that Croatia team another year older. That Belgium team another year older. It, it's weird with Belgium, isn't it? Because for years... Don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. <laughs> In years and years and years, they've had such high expectations, and then they'll always go out to someone. Well, and then they employ oh, Roberto Martinez. Like. I can't, I can't imagine they... having a very talented generation that shoots out every <laughs> yeah. tournament. It's, I mean, they've they've followed the England blueprint by almost the letter because they have these team of stars, and then they go and get someone like Roberto Martinez to give the keys to, just like we did with Sven. Come on, like, <laughs> what, what, Sven. Why have they done this? Sven, when, when you look back, he was such a fraud. <laughs> he I was know. just. When, I have no idea how he had that CV prior to him because when he went on that uh, that Monday night football with Neville and Carragher, it was just so obvious. Like this guy was just such a chance. He didn't have a fucking clue. I think that's what a lot of football managers are, to be fair, because less so now. But you used to get the managers, and then the manager has their coach who basically does the work for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas now, now they kind of change the job title to take some power away and call him a first team coach instead. 
then you are actually having to employ coaches based on their coaching ability. But yes, only a good so man manager. He's just having like sticks Nedved at left back in his teams, <laughs> and, like, and Gary's looking at him like, shit, what am I going to do? Well, there's people that say the England team of now is more talented than the England team of then. Yeah, I'm, uh, I think it's just not true. I mean, you can say it. It's, oh, it's not me saying it, but if you want any bit of punditry, then they say, like, this is the most talented group of players we've ever had. This is the best England team we've ever had. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm always amazed by that. That's incredible. We've got maybe a couple of players who would have got in a push. Who do we think would be the Imagine hardest? How many of our defence at the minute trying to get into one of those teams? Christ alive. Well, yeah, I asked you on Thursday if Wes Brown or Matthew Upson would start in this defence or at least get into the squad and there was some genuine deliberation which probably says a lot. I mean, Matthew Upson definitely would. Yeah, for sure. I think Wes Brown might. Yeah, to be fair, there's a, there's a couple of defenders where if they were just like a few years younger, like if you had Gary Cahill now, like a few years younger, mm. even just someone like that, like not one of the world's best, but just... Realistically, Carragher was unlucky. In a different time, he probably gets yeah. a lot of a lot of games, but he's yeah. never getting in ahead of you know Terry Fernand, etc. Yeah, that's a, a rough rough route to be ahead of. Um, mm. Of the teams that we could play in Wales, Scotland, or Ukraine, who do we think would be the toughest team there? <sighs> I reckon Ukraine, just because I've lot of what I've said previously about the whole world willing them to win the tournament, not just against us. And the fact that they've got some serious motivation behind them. Um, then I'd probably say Wales. And that's just the Gareth Bale factor, because Scotland don't have a Gareth Bale. Scotland's are like a mid-table championship team. They can just drag us down to the level. Though. Exactly. I'll tell you that's John McGinn. That's I'll tell you it's Shea Adams. Like, it's really weird. That, like, so they've got two, play. in fact, two Gareth Bale-level <laughs> players. Well, Wales have Ramsey as well. It's just weird. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a bit of disrespect to Aaron Ramsey there. Yeah, that's, that's Always what the bridesmaid, the never the bride. <laughs> Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Well, in fairness, being told you're not Gareth Bale, probably, I'm sure he can probably deal with that, to be fair. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that Wales team, the fact that they breezed past Austria, Austria aren't a bad bunch. I mean, they seem to rack up wins that nobody sees, but at least on paper, they're a decent side. Just, I guess we saw them at the Euros, and they looked anything but. I, I think I think Wales are the, the the hardest pick above Ukraine and then Scotland. I think it's clearly Wales. Is whoever goes through out of those three the second best team in the group? Um, yes. I think the Yanks might be better than them. See, they've got they've got some good players. It's just mm. how good they're going to be. I mean, the level of competition is going to go up. But at least I'd love to. I mean, I, mean I, I never really want to see Wales win, but I'd love to see Wales beat USA. It'd just be so funny. Do you remember the supporting um, Captain America? It's <laughs> gonna be very confusing James, for the Americans. They're gonna be like Wales James and England. Yeah, LeBron James of soccer, don't you know? Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna be. You, you're gonna be back in Captain Kaimru in that in that uh, in, uh, in that scenario, but. Do you remember the last time we uh, played USA in a uh, uh, World Cup? Yeah, I saw Rob Green <laughs> post a laughing emoji when the draw was done. I thought, hang on a minute, we don't forget. <laughs> yeah. 
those Papa Dunn hands. Just, honestly, that was like the most depressing group stage I've, I think. But we actually got out of that one. But the one that we didn't get out of was probably worse. But the Algeria one one. It was nil nil. Was it nil nil? Was it? It was nil nil. That oh, was. Yeah, we had to beat, is it Slovenia or Slovakia or something? We had to beat. Yes. In the last group game, Defoe's group. Defoe, yeah. Because I remember having genuine conversations about, do you think we can beat Slovakia then? <laughs> yeah. I was like, why are we talking about this? Why, why are we so nervous about that? Well, something that kind of ages you um, when you look back is that there was a thing where if you were watching on ITV HD, yeah. <laughs> then you missed the Gerard goal. And if you were watching it in standard definition, then you saw it. Uh, I had no idea what people were complaining about. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, same. And then, uh, yeah, it turns out. Was that the Kia advert or something like that? Yeah, it was was some kind of advert they played, yeah. Yeah, that was incredible. But kind of just counting down to this now, do you think the start of next season is going to feel legit or do you think it's going to feel like a countdown to the World Cup? Uh, I think it will. I think it will feel just like normal. And then this World Cup is just going to pop up and we're going to be... It'll be the opposite. It'll be, um, you know, when it's Christmas, you'll go, oh, it doesn't really feel Christmassy, does it? We're going to be, oh, it doesn't feel like a World Cup, does it? And then we'll be halfway through the tournament, <clears throat> you know. We're going to have that on at the same time as the Darts World, uh, the Darts, uh, World Championships as well. It's going to be there's, carnage on TV. There's going to be a lot of ale. It, going it's going to be, it's, it's, good, it's going to feel very normal around here when we see that first topless beer belly with an England tattoo on it. I feel like... I'm not going to spend any time within eight weeks in and all around the tournament and afterwards sober. I feel like I need to condition, <laughs> I to, feel like I need to condition my body because as soon, as soon as as soon as it finishes, you've got Christmas and that weird stretch between the 27th and the 31st of just what it's fucking 10 o'clock. So I'm here then. If people don't have a problem prior, they probably will after this phase. Yeah, it's gonna be mental. Jack was texting now, me at the it, weekend, threatening to off himself on the podcast. A year from now, when we're here with Chelsea, Jack, we didn't say anything to prevent him from going on this path of self-destruction. <laughs> I, I do wonder, though, that I, I really think that we didn't, we weren't upset enough when we lost the semi-final and finals that we just did because. It's going to be the first year where we're not going to get one of those weird fluky runs all the way to the final stages. Oh, no. Trust me. I was upset. I, I, I don't think any... I think everybody else was yeah. as well. I, I know, but I think it'll be... It'll doubly hit home the message this time when we face a France in the quarters, for example, if that happens, yeah. if we get that far. Um, Ertzel says we're winning the World Cup, so... Uh... I was thinking this, though. I was thinking... Apart from France, and we all know what you can do in a tournament scenario. We ignoring Brazil. I, I don't have that fear of other teams that I've had before. That genuine, I oh, we cannot play them kind of fear, like Belgium of old or Spain of old or Germany of old. Like even Germany, we saw it in the Euros that we didn't beat them. So it's it's been five minutes since you were hoping Ukraine didn't qualify because of the pressure <laughs> they're going to put on us. <laughs> <laughs> I've literally given you like the inner workings of an England fan. Yeah, we, we've watched it play out. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, just before we go on to the Champions League, what are your thoughts on Thiago Silva's wife 
having to use Google Translate to come out and defend her man and oh, say she's... that he can play in a back four. <laughs> she is. She's the queen of Stamford Bridge. She can do what she wants. Go for it, girl. I mean, Shakira's just said PK's the best defender in the world, so she's had to just... She's been a bit more reserved. <laughs> yeah, Thiago Silva in a back four. I mean... Now, let's not gloss over Rudiger in a back four, because I've been telling you that man's a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Clubs are going to be scared by that. They've got to be. I just can't believe that after a season of trying that long-range shot, it finally went in and it meant nothing. That's like, created a monster as well, now because yeah, if you thought he was trying it before, oh dear lord. <laughs> yeah, Brentford have posted a TikTok of them laughing at Rudiger celebrating and then highlighted his positioning and his reactions for all of the four goals that followed. Nice. My God. Oh dear. Bad day at the office that was. But, but I mean, year to the day of that, that weird 5-2 loss against West Brom, and then we had a big Champions League game straight after and went and won it. So, I mean, I'm not too scared. We have one of these weird slip-ups every year, and we've got out of the way now, year to the day since the last one. And if they only come every 12 months, I can take that. Rudiger, on the way, having secret meetings with Chelsea. Christensen's already signed for Chelsea. I mean, if only you, you had two young English centre-backs that you got rid of in the last season. Yeah, it does make it that those decisions look really weird when you know that you've got these defenders out of contract, not just to keep them or just loan them out for a season. Because if we had Tamori and Gehi and then we'd have um, Shadow Bar as well, I wouldn't be worried, really. But I am worried now because I don't know how we're going to sign other players yet as the <laughs> process ticks on. I'll tell you something else that uh, we need to highlight. Chelsea fans having the absolute nerve <laughs> to protest the about, to protest about owners and the morality of these new people because of what they've said previously. After you've just had a warmonger as your owner before and you were singing his name. So we've been through this. <laughs> but Abramovich isn't a warmonger. He's, <laughs> oh, he's, oh, a, warmonger. Come on. he's, he's a warmonger. If we compared the CVs to Abramovich and Ricketts, who do you think reads better? How many trophies have they won? Yeah, exactly. Put your trophies on the tables, guys. Well, this is the thing. And if, they sent some nasty Chelsea emails. They sent some nasty emails. So I think on the on the scales, you know, hey, people I, dying I, in a war, nasty if, emails, if, very if similar. I, very if similar. I'm if I'm being brutally honest. I looked at that protest and I was like, what's the point? <laughs> like, what's the point? Apparently the guy, the, the patriarchal figure, the dad who sent the emails, isn't even part of the bid, which, again, I don't believe fully because I imagine that's where their money came from, but this is apparently going to be much more the daughter's side of things and she is seeing as a left-sided liberal, so... If, if, if this guy was from Saudi and he sent these emails, but... He also had several billion <laughs> in the bank. I I have to question whether there would be the same level of. Uh, oh, listen, you've got to respect cultural differences. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to realize. Awful. All right, let's look ahead to the Champions League. TK Benfica versus Liverpool. I spoke with Keenan yesterday, and he thinks you should be resting players ahead of the Man City game. Or by me. Well, he'll rotate a couple. I'm sure he will, because he he did at the weekend. 
So I imagine he'll he'll do similar again. I know that was them coming back off the international break. I imagine he'll he'll do similar. The most interesting thing about that game, and obviously upsets can happen, probably going to be watching Darwin Nunes for me and wanting to see if he's kind of the real deal or not. Sitting compared to Cavani, um, and I think he's going to be on the radar of what Arsenal, United, Spurs if Kane goes, West Ham, sure. yeah, yeah, several others. So it'll be interesting to see how he looks, certainly against better opposition. And then on the same night, you've got Man City versus Atleti. I mean, there must be a part of you kind of hoping Liverpool can get some goals in early and you can change the channel. I like your thinking. That would be nice all round, really. I mean, we're home and dry and I could watch it. Yeah, because that's a, an interesting style matchup, isn't it? It's about as contrasting as you can get. Um, on the flip side, two teams that in their own way can put you to sleep. But again, just because they're so different, I guess it is going to be interesting to see how Simeone and Guardiola can match up. I actually don't think it's going to be a good time. I think City are going to wipe the floor with them. They weren't great against United, were they? United were just spectacularly bad. No, and they were very open against you. Yeah, as as I said prior to that, I thought United would get through because their defensive record this year has been horrific. And if Atletico can't defend, then they're in a lot of trouble, right? So Yeah, and you kind of, to do the kind of tricks that they're going to want to get away with, you do need to get to the second leg and still be in the game. Mm, sure, exactly. And it is at Atleti for the second leg, though, I do believe. Right, so if they can keep it tight in the first one, I hope that maybe Pep gets a bit shook. I saw his quote about the Champions League today. I, quite funny. Yeah, I, I love that. <laughs> I I would want to watch the clip just to see how he said it, but I've got exactly it in my mind, and it seems like peak uh, oh, sarcastic you... Pep. Yeah, I must admit, I haven't seen this, so enlighten me. Yeah, well, he asked for a translation today. He was trying to explain how John Stones wasn't injured, but he wasn't available for England. And then kind of looked across to his press officer because he couldn't find the word he was after. And then berated his press officer, saying, you're not a doctor. Why are you trying to jump in with this after he said groin? And had a little <laughs> giggle to himself. <laughs> He's on top form. Let me find what he said. He said, in the Champions League, always I overthink. I overthink a lot. Absolutely. That's why I've had good results. I love to overthink and create stupid tactics. Tonight I take inspiration and there will be incredible tactics tomorrow. We'll play with 12. (laughs) I mean, it worked quite well when they played with 12 against us. Nice. Nice. So there we go. Is anyone picking Atleti to go through there? No, no, I can't pick him. Would love to, but can't. I thought you said you don't you don't back against Cholo. You don't back against Cholo unless you man City. Then definitely back against them. They won four one at the weekend. Well, this is the thing I was going to say. They are seemingly scoring goals, and Yao Felix got a couple there as well. But you're just going to have so little against of the ball against City that I just. If they if they have kept it tight for the second leg, I do think we have an interesting one. But I I agree with you. I just don't think they're going to be able to. So I think it could be done and dusted in the first. Yeah, unfortunately, I I do agree. Benfica Liverpool. Is anyone picking Benfica to go through? I think they're the consensus pick, aren't they? I'm going to go with Liverpool. I know I know that's a bit of a hot take, but 
<laughs> we got a tough draw again. A bit annoying, but hopefully we get through. Chelsea Real Madrid is the tie of the round, isn't it? Because genuinely, any result there wouldn't be surprising. No, I mean I don't really know what to expect, but I do expect to see a better performance on Saturday because we were god awful Saturday. It wasn't even <laughs> it wasn't even one of those games where we played well and it was just a bit fluky. We just we were shit. So I'm hoping that that's a refocus, reset kind of game, and then we go again on Wednesday. So the, the Spanish press are saying that a lot of the Real Madrid players, when they spoke to Ancelotti about last season, said that you simply overcame them with power and athleticism, and not from a technical standpoint. And so that's supposedly going to be worked into his tactics. How true you believe that to be, I'm not sure, but I don't see how you can add much more power and athleticism into a Modric Cruz midfield. I think they changed up their tactics a little bit at the weekend and it didn't really play very well. They won, but that's mainly down to Courtois. But I think that's... I think they tried to bring Camavinga in the second um, in the second half and Valverde just to put a bit more legs in that midfield because if they run with Cruz, Modric and Casemiro then I do reckon that it will happen again. Um, that midfield has also won multiple Champions Leagues so maybe we're def- fools for... Uh... <laughs> Definitely. I mean, no one's doubting their quality but we're just doubting their legs to be playing it week in, week out in high-intensity Champions League games. I just... And we saw it last year. Like the proof was in the pudding last year that that kind of happened, didn't it? We, although it was only two one with Stamford Bridge, we missed like five guild edge chances as well. The, the title wasn't close at all, was it? it was no. A, no, it was an absolute pasting, a, a pretty incredible advert for the Prem over the league at the minute. Yeah, really the that was the tie where Giroud scored a peach, wasn't it? Uh, no, was that on a bicycle kick? No, that was Atletico Madrid. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, Werner and Mount scored at the bridge and the soccer guy himself scored in that. <laughs> okay, no, yeah, I do remember that game. <laughs> at the same time, they must be looking at Chelsea's midfield and saying, Kovacic, we let you have him. Jorginho, who? <laughs> and Kante, maybe looking at a guy and saying, that he can run around all he wants. We've got the technical ability to uh, negate him. A hundred percent. The main thing last season was the fact that we had Rhys James and Ben Chilwell. We had actual youth on the wing. <laughs> Whereas the reason why that midfield worked so well is because you had those two fullbacks doing the attacking work and then getting back and doing the defensive work as well. So many full length of the pitch sprints to close down that space that's generated by having him through at the back. Looking at it this season, I just have no faith in our wing backs. Not that they're not good when they're just defending, but they can't, they're just too old to be doing this <laughs> job. And they've been um, doing it for so long. I mean, Chilwell's been out since November, and James has played about one or two games since mid December. So I just, that's where we lose games, or we haven't been as good this season because we just haven't had that energy on the wings. If Rudiger tries to just thug Benzema, it's going to go horribly. If you remember last time, Benzema was actually the only decent player. He was the only kind of shining light for them. They're complaining in Madrid that effectively it's no Benzema, no party. But 
you saw in the PSG game. I mean, they were pretty awful for mm. yeah, all, yeah. But, all but 20 minutes yeah. over two ties, and then they were still able to Get put in, done. what, three, four goals over, over <laughs> two legs. Yeah, crazy. And that's what it gives you. There was chances in the tie last year where Benzema either closely missed or was brilliantly saved. Those can go either way. So that's all it takes. Whereas we're not a team that is blessed with goals by any stretch. Whereas they're a team where if they give it to Benzema or give it to anyone really, there's a chance that they can score every time they touch the ball. Vinicius, especially in the PSG ties, was horrible when it came to putting the ball in the back of the net. But him going at your aging fullbacks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's one thing he's going to do is he's going to drive. That's the stuff of nightmares. It does have the freakish game every so often as well. You just got to pray it doesn't land against you. It just seems to be never when we're tuning in. I see the clips on Twitter and it's okay, yeah, this, this guy's incredible. And then. Watching the Champions like it, League. Looked like he figured that out early in the year, but uh, it's kind of For sure. a little bit to form. Ever since the Benzema, I swear this guy's playing against us. <laughs> 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 and how nervy are you for Sunday, TK? Oh, God, I'm going to be a wreck, honestly. Like I said, even that trailer on Sky at the weekend, I was uh, started going. Um, I mean, we're pretty certain... Pep is absolutely double teaming Trent if he plays. Like there is no way he's not doubling up on there and he's going to say to Trent, look, Klopp says, stop telling me you're a bad defender. Prove to me you're not a bad defender. And we've seen other teams try and do that this season to mix levels of success. But I'd be very shocked if you don't get Grealish maybe slightly more inside Mares there or Sterling and a more technical mm. eight down that side. I think he's absolutely going to try and exploit sure. you there. And... The game is always sort of fascinating tactically as well, even if they don't have anything on the line, aren't they? They're always interested to see how these two shape up. So the fact that potentially the title is on the line as well, it's a lot going on. Salah now eight games without a non-penalty goal or assist. Yep. Would be a good time for him to find some form again. Yeah, I thought he looked a little bit tired, a little bit jaded as well. Um, And then Ramadan's starting now, so even better. That's going to help with that. Um, We're not in great great form anyway, though. We're, We're kind of winning games and not playing that well. So as a team, I don't think there's that many that are performing at their highest at this point in time. But defensively, we've been okay. So it's that's an interest, another sort of extra element to it is do we actually even turn up to play like we have the last couple of games? So it'll be rubbing our hands together. It it is a cliche, but I do really think the first goal is very important because City, we've seen, we saw particularly with Spurs that you get that first goal and you can yes. really pile the pressure on. And Liverpool are like a tornado once they get going. If things start yeah. moving, if you score early, maybe City get a bit nervy, they realise kind of the enormity of the task. Yeah, if we could have a quick start and stick it on them, I'd be loving it. Be that's what you had the year, um, and I mentioned the goal a few times, where Ox scored early doors and City were like, what the fuck has just happened here? It was the it was that Champions League, that first half. 
You went three mad. up, and yeah, just battered them. That was kind of that was at the time also our sort of mo it was basically what we had to do. Um, so yeah, something like that would be oh, pornographic. Luis Diaz start. Well, this is the question, isn't it? I because I think he might start him midweek, and in which case he probably doesn't start him on Sunday. I think you, that's you. You you'll have been watching Liverpool games far closer than I have. If you follow the narrative that you see on social media, Jota is being accused of almost these Bruno-like performances where he's really <laughs> offering nothing, but he is putting the ball in the back of the net or he's popping up with an assist. Like In terms of link-up play, in terms of well, anything outside of what I've just said, yeah. he's been getting some pelters online. Yeah, so it's, I'm in a tricky spot with this because... Um... At a time when he was really getting celebrated, I was saying that I felt goals return is great, but actually when he's playing in the middle, doesn't always play that well. Doesn't really look like he, he's still working out the position. He hasn't played there that much centrally, so he looks like he's still figuring it out. And for all the sort of criticism he gets in terms of his goal return, he doesn't play the role like Firmino, for example, who knows it yeah. honestly well. I said if you were playing just to get the best out of Jota, I think you'd probably put him on the left where where Mane normally gets all, all Diaz now. Um, but obviously, as a best as a team, it's probably not for him to go there because we've got other players to go there and put him in the middle. But now, it's kind of got so far the other way that, like you said, he's kind of getting pelters. I was like, it's not that bad. You know, he's, oh. he could be doing a little bit better. Sometimes his touch is a bit off, his link-up play can be off, but it's not that bad. Yeah, I've seen quite a bit of Liverpool fans as well going, yeah, I yeah. saw one of them going, uh, we should cash in on him in the summer whilst the stuff's <laughs> gone. I was like, Jesus, mate. I said on that um, podcast I did with Yovi that if you're him and you look at the formation of the team, and I don't think Klopp's going to be changing that anytime soon, the guy should be putting in extra work every single day to try and prove that he is a guy that can play essentially the Firmino role because yeah, yeah, yeah. at least from the outside looking in, it looks like Klopp prefers Luis Diaz down the side. He's not going to shift Salah and you're not going to put Salah through the middle because you just eliminate so much of him being, him being able to isolate defenders. Mm you need to effectively prove that you can play that role or they may have to go and find someone else that can do it. So I think he's got the capability to as well because he can he can start the press from that high up. Um, he's got that kind of rattiness about him that Firmino has. He probably doesn't have the same <laughs> level of like technical ability in the link-up play. But you can negate that by being, as we've said before, those pesty kind of strikers. Yeah, he was also slightly unfortunate that he didn't have his best game at the weekend and then Firmino actually was playing and played in that role and was kind of doing everything we've just spoken about. So it's a, you had a quite a clear sort of, I guess, compare and contrast to people to sort of uh, draw those conclusions on. But, I mean, let's face it, he just got his 20th goal of the year. There's, yeah, there's, yeah. there's worse problems to have, you know what I mean? No, there was a Q&A that Ramsdale and Rob Holding did, I think it was, with Sky Sports. I, I did see. Yeah, Ramsdale says on there, Jota maybe sent me for hot dog. Yeah, some bloke are Ramsdale. Some bloke. Yep. Let's hope he uh, has a good game this evening. Um, anything else to add before we cover the UFC, before we finish? Um, I know we had the first weekend back of the Prem. Spurs, unfortunately, did pick up a win. Chelsea, <laughs> I mean, we have mentioned Arsenal to play this evening. That top four race. Yeah, Sky are uh, really going in and all in on all in on that. If you heard the commentary yesterday, 
you saw the North London uh, Derby uh, fixture got announced. Yeah, uh, yeah, I saw ago. they they've delayed it as long as possible. I mean, it was due to be played before the Chelsea one, but the Chelsea game has already been rearranged prior to that, and they've put it ten games before the end of the season, trying to make some blockbuster top four shootout. So all in Spurs' favour. <laughs> oh. I mean, it would be a cruel irony if it was that game for you as well. It would be. I still brutal. have nightmares over the Aubameyang missed penalty at Wembley. <laughs> I stood up. I stood up in anticipation of celebration. Sensational. Only for him to save it, Alex. Just before we let you go, yeah, I thought your silence was deafening in terms of the Spurs women's team calling off the North London derby with COVID. <laughs> well, you know, you've got to put the players' uh, health first. So. so you don't think it's because they were scared? Um, no, I don't think so. I think you just, you know, COVID's been brushed under the rug a bit and you've got to take it seriously. I think that it was good for them to take a stand. Okay, interesting. I just did want to get your thoughts there. This week on Movie <laughs> Madness, we have No Country for Old Men up against Mr. Nice. And I can't I can't confess to seeing either of those. You, oh, mate, listen Alex, up. this no evening, watch No Country for Old Men. This <laughs> evening. It's not I'm getting super on that, long. I, I get, I get, I'm getting on that Byron Byron's Bay after after you've uh, talked it up. <laughs> you stay away from my bay. <laughs> Two hours, one minute it is. Plenty of time. I expect a uh, report from you by Friday. Uh, I'll do my best. And as I'm letting you go now, you've got 20 minutes to uh, <laughs> listen to the interview that I released last week. I did tease that hopefully we were going to have an interview with relation to the raid. Um, I can confirm I did do that, but it will be coming out as a written uh, feature for reasons I'll explain in the article, but uh, there will be something coming there. Jack, Alex, we'll let you go here. We'll talk the UFC and then we'll call it a day. So, adios. Adios. Farewell. All right, TK, UFC 273 this weekend. Volkanovski versus the Korean Zombie in the main event slot. Aljamain Sterling against Piotr Yan in the chief support. First of all, are you shocked it's that way around? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I was I was thinking that. Um, uh, what's the situation there? Is that just sort of pandering to Volkanovski a little bit? It feels got like. to, I've got to think it's either his manager's negotiated mm. pay-per-view points over a flat fee, or I know they weren't paying uh, Aljamain the champion's bonus, uh, or however it is in the UFC contracts, because yeah. of the way he won it. So I'm not sure if maybe it's something to do with that, but... Understandable. Maybe it's just Volkanovski sells a fight better. Yeah, yeah, it, it could be, couldn't it? It's, it's a tricky one there, isn't it? Because um, with the Volk one, he's, he's kind of fighting Korean Zombie as sort of just the last guy that's kind of around. I, I don't know that, well, I guess, in either of those fights, I don't know how much conviction or belief we're going in with either of them for the underdog, are we? Pretty hard uh, to watch that first Sterling Yan fight. What? I, I was going to say it's Volk's first headliner but it's not he headlining against Ortega the numbers must have been good for the Ortega card 
Yeah, yeah, true. And then obviously that was a bit of a banger. So his stock should have gone up via that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I'm picking Piotr Jan to win. I think kind of inside my head when I'm envisioning Sterling winning, I do think people aren't crediting those first two rounds where he did look almost a step in front of Jan for about a round and a half. I'd say the second half of the second round is when Jan started to kind of find his range. I think he had those trips at the start of the second round where it was like, okay, you're not the only one that can take me down in here. Yeah. And then Sterling really, the thing that caught up with him was his gas tank, wasn't it? Jan was making him work so much. And the thing previously that Sterling is credited with is this incredible gas tank. So you've got to say, and it's easy to say, if his gas tank holds up for five rounds, maybe he can recreate what he did in round one for five rounds. But yeah, just, just we know it's not that simple. No, it feels too much of a stretch of the imagination to me. I'd have to watch it back as well. And I've seen a bit of that, what you just said, doing the rounds. And in my mind, it did feel like a beatdown. Um, I, I had Sterling up two rounds. Right, okay. I, th- I think the second from memory could have gone either way. But from... I recall having Sterling up two rounds and then it was like a case of, okay, when's Jan going to finish him? Because it did just get brutal. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm probably remembering sort of the feeling of the fight rather than the actual sort of, um, cold hard data of the fight. If you like, it certainly then, felt like it was getting on top pretty quick, didn't it? When it did happen. Yeah. Cause Jan's had moments like there was moments even early against Faber. We were like, okay, it's interesting. Uh, there was moments against Aldo before he nearly ended the man's life. Yeah, brutal. And then the Sandhagen one is probably one of the most technical fights you're ever going to see in an octagon. Yeah, yeah. That's... The fact he's got back in there and had that Sandhagen fight in the meantime, five rounds. Maybe that's going to be a difference because Sterling, if his gas tank did struggle last time out, He's not fought since March of last year. Yeah, I do think, I mean, it must be hard, I think, mentally to be getting back in there with him when you kind of, you know the direction this was heading in. And, and the guy, he cheated, so ultimately he should have lost. But you kind of know that you didn't really beat him as such. He lost. He kind of threw it away. That must be, I think, mentally a, a tough one to overcome. Yeah, because, I mean, since... 2020, he finished Sandhagen, Sterling, that is, in 1 minute 28 seconds, which probably should have, probably should have been a title fight if when we, I remember saying at the time, and then they did Jan Aldo instead. Yeah, yeah, which is unfair. And but, let's face it, a victory that aged beautifully as well, Yeah, when you see since, how good Sandhagen is. Since then, he's had three, minute, uh, three rounds and 30 seconds against Piotr Jan. Yeah. So it's it's going to be. There's concerns over the gas tank. That is concerning. Yeah, I mean he he thinks he's just going to go in there and grip up Jan's neck, and it, I think he thinks it'll go a lot like the Sandhagen fight. But I think I that's what he thought the first time round as well, wasn't it? I think yeah. was the issue. I I kind of did. I thought okay, I could I can see that he could do that, um, and I just remember any sort of belief I had being drained from me. <laughs> By the end of that finish. Yeah, that the the build on Jan 
he's kind of he's almost like square isn't he he's kind of compact shoulders up by his neck so it's not like he's one way you're just going to be jumping on <laughs> gripping up his neck i don't see him someone no. that he doesn't give his back up just like willy-nilly just to escape um, like a takedown attempt this is a guy who's about as technical as it gets so I can't wait for that one. I've been waiting for this since it was booked the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said, I, I can convince myself, I'm sure, that it's going to be closer than him. Yeah, just in my mind, I just felt like, yeah, Jan wins this all day long. And yeah. I probably Volkanovski, need to remember how I felt going into the first one, probably, rather than thinking yeah. about how it ended. Volkanovski uh, zombie doesn't move me a lot. I mean, Volkanovski, I do think probably not going to get his true appreciation until he's finished because he's going to end up kind of lapping some of these guys too and it's just okay we'll do the Holloway fight for a third fourth fifth time elsewhere on the card you've got Gilbert Burns against Chemayev another very interesting fight like I love that one I think that was the most interesting of the three we've mentioned there for me I would like to see Gilbert Burns crying again (laughs) I can't stand the bloke yeah, you, you've always been a Gilbert Burns hater. And watching back, I know he'd been hurt previously. The fact he was dropped by a jab against Usman. Hamza isn't just a wrestler. Now, we've not seen him in deep waters. But I don't know. I think... You think he's making a statement? think he's letting him out? I don't know. Is it more of a statement if he does that, or is it more of a statement if he's able to dominate him. Yeah, it's true. True. It's... We, we are kind of back to the Khabib on the come up then, aren't we? You know, where he would yeah. just dominate people for rounds and rounds. You're like, this is kind of scarier than if he was going out just laying these guys out. Mm. It's not the strongest card outside of that. Um, we've got Mackenzie Dern against Tisha Torres. Olenek against Jared Vanderar, which was supposed to be Latifi against Gustafsson, so I'm quite good. We haven't got that. Yeah, um, it is. Aspen Lad, Raquel Pennington. I could quite happily never see Raquel Pennington fight again. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember which card it was. It may be a, one of the Volk ones where her and Holly Holm just clinched yes. against the fence oh. for three of the longest rounds you would ever see. Just the last thing you need at that point. You've got Ian Gary trying to keep his hype train, trying to keep his hype train going. I'm sure he'll have uh, that Layla Anna Lee from Cage Warriors and BT Sport on his arm. They've just got married, so he'll yes, be up for yes, another so. win. Is Mickey Gould on the card? Yes, he is. He is the fourth fight of the night up against Mike Molot. There we go. So Mickey Gould's got. He's caused a bit of outrage recently because he went on a podcast and said he could beat the shit out of Bruce Lee. Who? Mickey Gould said that? Or... Yeah. Oh, blimey. He said it's ridiculous that you could think otherwise. He said martial arts has developed so much since then. Bruce Lee wasn't having real fights and he has about 50 pounds on him. Yeah, I mean, I mean it seems a pretty, uh, pretty compelling argument, doesn't it, to be fair? But people are You don't send furious. for Bruce Lee. You don't send for Bruce. Also, just saying that 
Tavares is starting, and so is Cedric. <laughs> Mikel. Ian, he's at his knee. Jesus. No, 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 no. God. Tavares scares the hell out of me. Scares the hell out of me, and I'm not a fan. Cedric scares the hell out of me as well, but he seems more... He seems well more composed, which isn't a com- it isn't a compliment to anyone. There. <laughs> uh, we've got my guy Anthony Hernandez on the card as well. His first fight, I believe, since yes, since he got that guillotine on Rodolfo Vieira. If you can remember that, where they spent about ten minutes hyping up Vieira's uh, BJJ credentials. <laughs> yeah, and then he got into a second round, and his gas tank was like, "Yeah, my body isn't built for this." <laughs> <laughs> Those are always fun to watch, aren't they? Yeah. And they just, you yeah. just watch it just go. I mean, unless well, you bet on them, then you're absolutely furious. Oh, but there are a few things more satisfying than seeing like someone just break in yeah, there. Yeah. We've absolutely. got strike against Tabura. And the... I mean, if this bout order's accurate, that opening the prelims and Aspen Lad Raquel Pennington being the final fight on the prelims is wild to me. <laughs> Unless you're just trying to get people going early, maybe trying to get a bit of hype and let that maybe. carry it, carry the night. Maybe. Yeah. Julio Arce on the card. Always a fun watch. Vince Pichel against Mark Madsen. Vince from hell, Pichel, one of the best names in the UFC. Yeah, that's excellent. And you've got Kay Hansen open at the night. It's a fun card, especially when you haven't had it the previous week. It always hits harder as well. Yeah, that is that is true actually, and these ones also do have a habit of sort of coming to light sometimes, don't they? A couple of the fights, there's enough All it people takes is a couple there. of them to, to sort of liven up a bit more than you thought, and then suddenly you thought, oh, this is actually a very good card. Yeah, yeah, there's enough people on there that kind of have a habit of getting into the entertaining fights. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. I'll be having a look at uh, Ian Gary's opponent, but the fact that he doesn't have a Wikipedia page isn't great. <laughs> Are you but, just waiting to try and get an Ian Gary loss? Is that what you're waiting for? Well, in Cage Warriors, he looked phenomenal. Yeah. And then he kind of started doing the I'm McGregor part two mm. down to imitating his post-fight speech and saying it's, uh, I can't remember what he called it, the, the something part two, the takeover part two. Um, He got clipped with two big shots early in his debut and he was gloating. He went out and played like, four rounds of golf before his UFC debut walking across Vegas texting D- text DC telling I'm going to have him out in the first round no worries from me this guy's not on my level so it's, it's going to be interesting but they're very very uh, excited to hype this guy and I think when you look at the reception that we had yes for UK fighters the previous week um, in London, I think they'll be looking to get over to Ireland again and get the atmosphere there sometime soon. So all he has to do really is keep winning and the McGregor comparisons will come just because of the accent. Yeah, yeah, naturally. is. Yeah, as you said as well, it must have looked like USC London. I think there was dollar signs in, in Dana's eyes. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't wait anyway. Um, off to Arsenal Brighton on Saturday morning so it really could <laughs> it could be a happy trip back or it could be the opposite some of the fights we've had drop off this card we were supposed to have 
I mean, a couple of days ago, we had uh, Drickers Duplessis against Kelvin Gastelum, and it was going to be Imamov against Gastelum before that. So quite gutting that we've lost a couple of those, but I'm sure we'll have a good car regardless. The, the incredible incredible thing about these cars, isn't it, is that when you, like, sometimes you're stacking, and all it takes is you lose one or two of the fights, and you feel like strangely like gutted that something's been taken from you. <laughs> yeah, the way this card's been going, just as so long as we don't lose any of those top three, yeah, we'll sacrifice what we need to. And then you've got, in, by contrast, Fury and White literally don't have an undercard as it stands. You've got Isaac Lowe on there <laughs> against TBA. Yeah, Frank's actually not tweeting about it in a week, so the pr- the promotion there not going fantastically. <laughs> It's also classic Frank, whereby he's done a bit of a bad job, but also had no luck in that supposedly he had four fights all drop out of injuries on the undercard. Christ. But they did also say they were going to announce the undercard today, and I don't think they have. So this well, whole thing's been a shambles. Yeah. Well, there we go. Thank you again for listening to another edition of the Spitballing Pod. As I said, Movie Madness this Friday. We'll be back next Monday. Adios.